Welcome to The Radio Kid. We're a show that looks at new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week Jeremy Cohen and I will be talking about what we're listening to and why we think you should too. This week, St. Vincent bears more than just her backside on her latest album. Mass seduction is less guitar god and more pop introspection, proving yet again Annie Clark has supreme mastery of keeping us on our toes while knocking us on our asses. Talking St. Vincent next on the Radio Kid. E Jerry. Hey, what's up, buddy? Not much, not much. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. This week, our listeners and you, Jerry, uh, my buddy Jeff is in town. Good college buddy. You probably remember him from such antics as the Bonnaroo trip. Yes, absolutely. So welcome, Jeff. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was kind of a, a last minute deal. You're up for work. This is the one thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, the one. Be- literally, we have <laughs> him on the show. I have You're to literally be silent for the rest of the thing. show. No, I told him to be quiet about everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, our buddy, we went to one of his concerts uh, in the Vogue. That's Broad Ripple, Indiana. It's it kind of feels like Boulder, the Boulder of uh, Indianapolis, don't you think? Yep. Entitled granola. Exactly. Rich hippies. That's the that's the key. A- aging rich hippies. Anyway, good place to see a concert. Gentrified and refined. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It doesn't have a college there, but yeah, uh, it does have the rich hippies. But dude, Gordon Downey didn't know his name, but I did love the band Tragically Hip. Yeah, he passed away uh, two days ago on Tuesday. And he had glioblastoma, and he had been diagnosed in December of 2015 with that. That's pretty sad. He is sort of a legend in Canada and a rock and roll hero um, for a whole generation. Didn't get as much play here. I mean, I feel like anyone, uh, in, Jeff's from Canada, and uh, that's why it's hitting him hard the most, and that's why I'm asking him about it. But um, I feel like the biggest band from uh, Canada is like Rush or maybe for the real Canadian losers, Nickelback. But uh, here, we didn't really uh, hear the Tragically Hip. You actually, and uh, my other buddy Dave, a Canadian too, turned me on to the hip. Now, I definitely know the band name Tragically Hip, but I honestly don't know if I know any of their songs. They have like hits that like you think that I know, but I just don't know that I know. I don't think so. I No, they're the the most popular songs I don't even think have cracked into the top 100 in the US. Okay, I definitely know the name, but I just can't recall any of their music at all. My my favorite and uh, the only one I can recall off the top of my head is Bob Cajun. Love that song. Yeah, Bob Cajun. There's a Head by a Century. There's Grace oh, too. Head by I a mean, Century. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's tons of awesome. I mean, Jeremy, you are a connoisseur and a lover of music. You need to just dip into the tragically hip. Okay, so Jason for a few days. It, it kind of feels like REM to me. Yeah, it's like, like REM ish. REM. Yeah, very very. Um, uh, same time as REM for sure. Yeah, and he is he is super intense. Uh, you remember the Future Island? Did you go to the Future Islands concert with us, Jer? Uh, no, I did not. That dude is super fucking intense, and that's how um, 
Gordy. <laughs> Gordy. Gord is uh, in concert, too. It was really oh, cool. cool to see him. Like He is like really intense, and he does all these hand gestures where he's kind of like almost miming the actions of the and he's a super sweater too just yeah, he's like, like he's fucking drenched. he's sweating and he's skinny and he's like yeah making he's like everything seems like punctuated by the movements of his body yeah it almost feels like he's stuck in a glass box that's um, very cool so like and he's bald he's shaved head and he wears all white he kind of looks like the rem guy too but super intense well there was a moment when he kind of dressed like what's the the lead man of flaming lips again uh, Wayne Coyne. Wayne Coyne. Yeah, he had this eccentric kind of suit wearing phase where, but I mean, he's like a total awesome rock and roll lead man. Like, he has that, like, nailed. So yeah. the live we're shows are good. Or were we're good. Awesome. So, yeah. Jeff, what? So if I'm, I'm going to do like a deep dive on Tragically Hip, where do I start? What album do I start with? You would start with. Um, Probably it's called Days of the Night. Okay. And um yeah, start there and that'll give you Grace too. It'll give you a bunch of other awesome just meaty songs. Excellent. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, Gord Downey. He was a pretty cool guy. Yeah, super intense. We saw him at uh the Vogue there, and that was uh that was a very fun night, very crazy. Night, a lot, lot happened there. <laughs> what happened? I please, need to hear this. Please elaborate, Nate, and I will <laughs> concur if necessary. <laughs> the first thing I want to say about that is that you know how when you um, uh, meet somebody for the first time, you tell them where you're from, and they go, "Oh, I know somebody from there too." Do you know that person? Uh, particularly, and you say, no, of course I don't fucking know that person. But with Canadians, they act like they know each and every one of them. You Canadian? Oh, yeah. Hey. They just talk. And so he went off and talked to everybody at the concert, and every time he came back, he was just like, dude, they're Canadian over there, too. They're from Ottawa. I was like, yeah, it's a fucking Canadian band, dude. There's probably going to be a lot of Canadians here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like being in a white fraternity. Uh, that's that's kind of or you like all going to the I thought, same college. I thought that that's the, what it's like to be from Canada. I thought that fraternity was like synonymous with white. But I think I think that was a redundant statement, right? <laughs> it probably was, but that's how it is to be from Canada. You're just like, oh, you went to so and so. I went to so and so. Go Eagles. Go Leafs. You know, just they're all <laughs> just like best buds from the very beginning. Hey, that guy's from Canada too. <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't that this this exact criticism is not exclusive to that situation. I have been known <laughs> to walk around and talk to people like I know them once I start drinking alcohol. <laughs> it's the Canadian way is what I'm saying because all the other Canadians were doing the exact same thing you were doing. A bit gregarious. <laughs> they're good. They're they're joyous people. They're great. They're we great like fun. chit chat. Uh, <laughs> they're worth they're worth some chit chat. So after the concert. Right, after the concert. And well the other thing that we have to say is that um Jeff had a bit of a windfall uh prior to uh meeting us in like a, uh, a financial windfall? A, a financial windfall. And we looked it up we looked it up flush. on the interwebs and this was on May tenth, two thousand 
seven, which happened to be two days before my med school graduation. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so he's feeling good. And uh, uh, Canadian grandpa made it in the dot-com era. <laughs> Paid that shit off for him. So Nice. Uh, which yeah, is sweet. Right? Uh, and so he's <laughs> feeling pretty good. So he's like, you boys got a strip club in Anderson? Because <laughs> remember, we were driving back. We had to drive oh, back God. to Anderson, A-Town, right from Indy. We didn't live in Indy. Um, and there is a strip club in Anderson. There's two. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, it, <laughs> it's uh, Hoosier Girls, obviously. What what else would you name a strip club in Indiana <laughs> than Hoosier Girls? I've heard a lot of stories about this place. I never went myself. I've seen the building, but I never went in there. Well, Josh still a lot lives of there. C-section so. scars. <laughs> yeah, we what? found those. That's fortunate. Prominent, prominent. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's really sad. It feels like you're giving the girls charity, which you don't want that feeling mixed with the other feeling that you're trying to get at a strip club. Understandably, <laughs> but Jeff didn't mind. Uh, <laughs> Jeff's a giver, a real giver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So by by 15 minutes in, he was over in the special section getting slammed in the face with a couple of Hoosier asses. (laughs) Oh, some lap dances. (laughs) Came on strong once the dollars started being whipped out. <laughs> you were just like making it rain there before that was a thing. He totally was. We, we made he it totally rain was. pretty hard in that little Hoosier <laughs> oh daddy. Hoosier mama, whatever you want to call it. Hoosier mama, I like that. Hoosier mama, Hoosier girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a it was a real night. No Canadians uh, at Hoosier girls though, unfortunately. There was one. To. I was gonna say, Jeff, did you look into this? Did you did you seek out anyone else? No, I was. Just there for the ride and the nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the end of the story is I couldn't get him out of the Jeep at uh, when we got home. And uh, <laughs> decided it was best just to leave him in his... Leave him in the back, and he just kind of curled up sleeping. And Sarah went out for uh, to go to work, and we were all still in bed. And she she texted me. She's just like, Jeff's in the back of my Jeff's fucking Jeff's in the Jeff. back of the car. Oh, my so God. You know. he was, oh, you were still in there in the morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How's the dude to we wake up? We couldn't get him out. We couldn't get him out. Uh, <laughs> she's like, just so you know. I was like, oh, good. He stayed there. Perfect. <laughs> good. He didn't leave. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I left him. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, it was a good times. Um, we should get to uh, mass seduction. Do you feel like just like right out of the bat, it was like this just big time pop? kind of like explosions of synth and guitars and drum machines. Yes, I do. I did. Uh, I mean that first, the first track on here, I don't feel like explodes out of the gate. Like her last couple albums do like a little, yeah. little bit slower, but in an interesting way, kind of like the LCD album, uh, LCD sound system album starts slower than you expect it to. Yes. I actually had that in my notes is that we, we have a year of soft opens. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, this is her fifth album, and uh, one of the things that they talked about was how she kind of had a bigger rollout, kind of more of an arcade fire type rollout, mm-hmm. and how kind of that pressure it gives you a little bit of more of a pressure uh, to 
do something big. And I, and I think that um, when he says, okay, or when the reviewer was saying, you know, okay, it's, uh, if you're going to do that rollout, then you need to do um, something big. Here's some consequence <laughs> of sound. The downside of such a blitz is that it denotes a level of anticipation in the music that can be unfair. If St. Vincent is pushing her album with a bigger marketing campaign than ever before, then the music should be better, right? I, I feel like the music is going to be more mass appeal um, if you're doing a big rollout doesn't necessarily need to like be it needs to be more accessible not like better than the last album you know right i do yeah no i and i think this is much more accessible than any of her albums before um i don't know if i like it as much though i'm i'm, I'm undecided mm-hmm. still but so he goes on to say instead of trying uh to top her previous heights uh Clark is more interested in uh, exploring new territory. Uh this comes in the form of extreme vulnerability as her breathy voice shakes on the intimate opening track Hang on me like you were saying. But yeah, it seems like she's just turning another corner and he's going to kind of relate that to um Bowie and people like Prince where they were kind of mm-hmm. never satisfied. They were always kind of moving forward and i like that i i I like that he's relating her to those because i think she deserves to be in that category and i I feel like too often we we uh only compare female artists to the female artist you know right she's not in the taylor swift category she's in the david bowie prince category for me yeah definitely uh more like experimental off the wall like weird shit with like especially with this album uh very sexual on this one right <laughs> yeah jeff jeff yeah. do you have a thought on that <laughs> no i i like that I, I read one quote that she's very comfortable with the spectrum of gender yeah she mm-hmm. she definitely praises gender fluidity to me the cover was weirdly not sexual it was like she was bending over to pick something up in a very Mm-hmm. Uh, more like mechanical way. It actually, it was like the skinny version of those long ornaments where it's just the ass of a girl, uh, of a woman working in the garden. Have you seen those? I, I have they're not. Very popular I, in the mid, they're very popular in the Midwest, but they're just cutouts. Most of the lawn ornaments I women. saw in the Midwest were like super racist. I don't think I ever saw any sexy yeah. ones. Well, yeah, this is more, th- this is like, do you know what I'm talking about, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh they usually have like bloomers on and like polka dotted. Oh um, no, I know. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I on, have, but it's just those. like this giant butt, and all all it is is like a cutout of of the giant butt. Mm-hmm. That and the and the kid peeing on the. If you got a if you got a giant butt in your yard bending over to work on the garden, you got a kid pissing on the tree. Just, <laughs> right, like, <laughs> those are sold as sets. Like you can't get one without the other. Yeah, and you're required to put them both out too. It's not an option. <laughs> yeah, <They> are... <laughs> yeah, that's a weird thing. But it reminded me of that because she was just kind of like dangling over. Yeah, they... you know? <laughs> like she lost her contact or something on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I did some reading about her, she's a very interesting character. Apparently, she's gotten in lots of trouble for with her neighbors for doing her. You know, Garage Band and MIDI and all this stuff in her, and like she makes a lot of it by herself in her house, yes, like, wherever she lives, and she gets like totally busted because she just does it like in the middle of the night. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah, that's rock star. Totally. 
Yeah, she's badass. I've loved her for a long time. Nate, you haven't been into her for that long, right? No, you and Sarah, we were talking about this the other day, Sarah and I. You and Sarah got into her on that last album where she's sitting on the throne. Yeah, the self-titled uh, album. Didn't, didn't she Didn't she and Justin Vernon and all, what's that called, Jag Jaguar or something? Didn't yeah, they yeah, all yeah. like do something together that was like pretty fun? Yeah, she um, she's involved in a lot of collaborations. A lot of them are with uh, David Byrne from Talking Heads. Yeah, from yeah, I've heard about him. I've heard he yeah. digs her. <laughs> yeah, they look like they should go together. Yeah, they make they make a lot of sense together. But she's uh, well, yeah, you know. Not Last time dudes. I heard, she was with uh, um, a awesome woman. She was with uh, Kristen. I was Stewart going to. For a I while. was going to make some comment about that later. Yeah. That it's very nice to have two very attractive people in a lesbian relationship. <laughs> okay, pause so we can cut that out. <laughs> yeah. 30, 30 so was, second break. So it was better than ugly lesbians, <laughs> I guess. Sorry, cut that out too. Um, <laughs> None of that's getting cut out. <laughs> Just say yeah. We said the word, we said lesbian. <laughs> I mean, just in general, don't you want to look at better looking people than uglier people? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think like that really is like just for lesbians. I think that's for across the yeah, board. Yeah, exactly. No, like, absolutely. It, it transcends gender. Absolutely. Exactly. Like good looking people together. You're like, yes, it's very mass exciting. Seduction. Yeah. Seduction. I do like that. Uh, well, it's, seduction. it's like, um, maybe she would be like a super artist. Cause, uh, I, I understand that Kristen Stewart and, um, St. Vincent can't have a baby, but you know how Bill Simmons is always talking about like super athletes because yes. uh, two <laughs> maybe you can get super artists from two artists being together. So I mean Matthew Byrne and her. What's like Matthew Byrne, David Byrne, David Byrne. I always think Matthew Barney, which Matthew I really Barney? feel like I really feel like she could. He did the Cremaster cycle. He's like oh a, yeah, that's some a weird contemporary shit. artist. That seems yes, like the, someone the she she would collaborate with. Like, well, he's with Bjork. I'm not saying romantically. I'm saying artistically. No, collaborate. I, oh, I thought you meant just like collaborate. At some point, we're talking we about making super children. We were talking about making super children. At I, some <laughs> at some point during this podcast, you guys need to have talking some talking heads sa- song just sort of like blip in for ten seconds. Well, we can do the album that St. Vincent did with David Byrne. We can clip in one of those. Yeah, even better. That's some good shit if you haven't listened to it. Check it out. It is very good, which uh, um, brings me up to maybe a preview of next week. Maybe we should do Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett. Yes, absolutely. Another great duo that's mm-hmm. on more of the guitar side. Um, they could have a super baby. They could have a great super baby. He would be like smoking cigarettes from the womb. He'd come Day out one. smoking cigarettes. Yeah, he would come out smoking a cigarette, drinking some whiskey, <laughs> singing, the, singing With a, a raspy tune. voice. It'd be great. <laughs> um. The hang on me though, you you like that one. She was talking about her extreme vulnerability and stuff like that, and I get that on like kind of the piano ballads of this. And we'll talk more about New York mm-hmm. and uh, the other piano ballad that I really liked. Um, yeah, uh, happy birthday, happy, Johnny. Yeah, happy birthday, Johnny. Um, this is not piano, but it's definitely um, more 
quieter, softer, not as powerful. Yeah, it sounds like a, like her vocals. The throne, Saint Vincent. Yeah, her vocals would make sense if it was like over a piano, but that's what I like about it. It's over like more like electronic digital sounds. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it feels good right in the area that it is. And uh, I feel like that this one and uh, Hills uh, and the Future Song, and uh, there's a lot of them here that really have the feel of um, probably what Jack Antonoff is doing, one of the mm-hmm. producers here. Uh, just kind of like contemporizing her sound. It really sounds 2017 pop, but yet has that St. Vincent kind of underbelly yeah and i think that the main reason i don't like it as much as her last few is because there's like so little guitar in it and i feel stupid because mm-hmm. i'm like happy that she's doing something different but she has such a distinctive guitar sound and i don't know if you've ever watched any like live videos of her she she can fucking shred like she's an amazing guitar player and it's mostly absent on this it shows up every now and then but i think that's like my main disappointment but i'm i'm getting over it the more i listen that's what i think of every prince song where he doesn't shred too you know what mm-hmm. i mean it, it has Which that same a lot of those <laughs> i know feels just like well you're such a good guitarist why are you not doing that mm-hmm. in every song but i can see wanting to move away from that i can see wanting to be more conceptual more artistic and um to be put into a box of of like rock guitarist you know that that must be limiting for these artists and i like that this comparison between uh prince and david bowie and i feel like it really comes out in that couplet of mass seduction and sugar boy Mm -hmm. sugar boy is my second favorite song those uh what it say it had um gender fluidity kind of as its uh Mm -hmm. theme there one of the um reviews that i read said but yeah it it just has um a very prince bowie kind of peak rock where the sugar boy is she's taking the the torch yeah from them absolutely and both of them have uh, recently deceased but uh, mass seductions desire and lust i can't turn off what turns me on gender fluidity and sugar boy it just has that real sexual feeling that they had but it's a fun song too. It's like you want one you want to keep listening to. Yeah, exactly. Sugar Boy. Yeah. Yeah, both of them together. I feel like they really play off each other really well. Yeah, the, like yeah, them. it's definitely I like, like well thought other. out that they're like together. Yeah. Um, the one I did want to talk about in between those two is pills. What do you oh, think yeah. of pills? Tales, fortune blame, tigers and wolves. Fame by fame, from the chains to the reins to the vein to the brain. Anyway, there's a day, and I'll pay it in pain. I like pills a lot. I think it's like kind of funny. Uh, I mean, it's about like <laughs> kind of serious shit, but it's like kind of funny and playful with the music. It's like kind of danceable and catchy and kind of cute. Well, if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of depressing completely satirical yeah, yeah it's a yeah. great it's a great single it's a great single and it's it's one of those two-sided songs that we like uh oh yeah reminds me of a couple of things that it's lord, like, lord did 
<laughs> but it has like that second part that's like a call to action. You know, it, it almost sounds like you're come join the war. You know, it, it's this very grand kind of Beatles uh, ending with a bluesy sax kind of a thing. Yeah, it, it kind of like gets serious there after like the happy-go-lucky beginning. We could all be on pills. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we, yeah. We, we could there's a reason to drug yourself for every person and maybe we should just all throw away the pills and come join the war i love that call to action part. i think that's what puts the the sarcasm and the like oh we're all fucked up into perspective yeah totally it's, it's really, not it's not just a straight sarcastic song. Like I think like being a big yeah. fan of There's hers for so long, she's message. a little too smart to just do some exactly. straight up sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then I feel like that uh Lost Ageless is the other single on this one. Yeah, that one's real catchy and fun. I've listened to that one a lot. That was one of the ones that got released uh be- it was a pre-release. Yes, yeah. Do you feel like it has a little 9-inch nail sound to it? Yeah, there's a little in the, like in industrial. The yeah, totally. Yeah. Industrial. That's that's the word that I'm always looking for when I say it sounds like nine inch nails. Right. You're right. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. And so then we get into the uh, piano ballads. I feel like "Happy Birthday, Johnny" has to be the end of the first side, right? I would assume so. We're that's great. I really is. fucking love it's about that halfway. Song. That would that would sound so great at the end of the at the end of the first side. You know what I like, too, is I like when artists have, like, recurring characters in their songs. Yeah, like Karen with the National. Karen with the National, yeah, exactly. And, like, she has a few songs about Johnny, whoever he might be. In In the context of this song, it sounds like he might be a family member, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, they surmised friendship. Uh, uh, a fading friendship was the uh, topic they, they mm. thought the which one I read that in. I only read two reviews this time. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the emotional break of the album. You know, there's been all of this great pop, super sexy kind of pop happening uh, in between uh, Hang On Me and and this song. And this kind of provides the break. You flip the track. Savior is a kind of a fun song. Um, this seems like the most, har- most like blatantly sexual song on here, right? Yeah, kind of creating a little bit of a space between Happy Birthday Johnny and New York, which right. is definitely the, the emotional heart of the of the of the album. Yes. And this piano ballad is definitely bigger. It has uh like synth and drum machines uh that Happy Birthday didn't have. And then huge chorus. Yeah. You know, kind of like Grey's Anatomy <laughs> mate like kissing in the rain kind of huge. Well, and yeah, and th- this one's a heartbreaker. This is, I think, an even sadder David Bowie tribute than the LCD one, uh, Black Screen. They're, the, yeah. Both these songs are about David Bowie. I think this one's even more heartbreaking. in the city who can stand me I have lost a hero Then 
this, this also sounds like one of those really simple songs uh, that just start as kind of like a two-line idea in these like geniuses' heads, and they can just make it mm-hmm. into a. I mean, she's just on this, you know, subway. Just New York is in New York without you, love. Just thought that and just made it into a song. Yeah. Now that shit's about David Bowie. They can have that beat going the whole time and say whatever the fuck else they want to. <laughs> true. Ain't that true? Ain't ain't that the truth? That's the truth. <laughs> truth be told. It's just a great album. I, I feel like for me, the album kind of uh, fades out from there. There's nothing wrong with the backside songs. It's just... Uh, it just kind of like slowly kind of winds down. Smoking section is is just kind of at the end. Everyone's left the bar and you're just at the piano. Yeah. I like also um, Young Lover. I really like how Young Lover builds. It's like the closest she's ever gotten to like screaming her lyrics at the end, which I think is really cool. It's not something she's done before. So I wanted to shout that out real quick. I like that track a lot. She's getting vulnerable. Getting vulnerable. Yeah. I think that's the kind of the name of this album is that that uh, she's willing to try new things, willing to put a vulnerability out there, and willing to write a great fucking pop song. I love it. Yeah, me too. And I like this more and more the more I listen. I I felt kind of disappointed at first, but I'm intrigued to listen more. And I I think I might actually love this album, which I didn't think at first. There's a few guitar moments on pills. Uh, yeah, right there's a yeah the. She has that the very distinctive guitar sound that she does yeah. that, that comes up on pills and a couple other places too, but it's nice, but it was just, it's just so much different than I was expecting. I think I was a little thrown off by that. I think it's a, I think it's a good piece in her catalog and I think that mm-hmm. she's kind of catalog building now yeah. because one of the last four were probably going to be her masterpieces, her, Quote yep. unquote, this is what St. Vincent is. Go listen to this. Right. Probably not this probably not this one. Well, yeah, which one would you say, Jer? I think uh my personal pick is her last one, her self-titled album, but I think the consensus so far is Strange Mercy. So that's two albums ago. That's what it sounded like is is that Strange Mercy was the one yeah. uh, that people were kind of keying in on. Yep. Okay, well, uh, there was only one other thing that I wanted to talk about. We, you sent me an article, um, and kind of uh, piqued our interests. It, it had um, to do with the Las Vegas uh, shooting mm-hmm. and um, this kind of reoccurring theme of violating the sanctity of music venues. It's an uproxx. We'll link to it, um, and this is uh, our. Good, good friend, listener of the pod. Um, <laughs> That's libel. <laughs> that is true. That does not make him sound any better than he was before. Uh, <laughs> somebody that we don't know at all, um, but would like to grab a beer with sometime if you're listening. The only music writer we ever reference on here. <laughs> in our top five, for sure. He's in our top five music writers. <laughs> yeah, Steve Hyden. Um and uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty simple point. I mean, he he kind of points out that uh, you know in Paris, Orlando, then the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester. Another one that I had not talked uh, heard of is the Little Rock one with rapper Finesse two times. 
which I thought was interesting that that did, that was the one that didn't get uh, much press. Uh, press. Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation why that didn't that we're not going to get into. But yeah, I'll just leave that where that is. I'll read this part here. Uh, like the killers in Paris, London, and Orlando, the Las Vegas shooter invaded the communal space uh, that people enter in order to feel connected to a warm eternal spirit bigger than themselves. This is the promise of live music. It is one of the only remaining bulwarks against the omnipresent alienation of modern life in which a variety of potent forces, technology, the media, polarized political system, conspire to keep people divided and inside their own bubbles. And that's that's really what I, I resonated with is that uh, in, in kind of the secular society, it's, it's, it's doing the function of the church. Yeah, that that's exactly what I thought too. I, did, I realized you were going to make the same point before we started recording here, because uh, we, we had our brief little chat about it. But I mean, that's just for me like the closest I get to going to church. That it does seem like a sacred place to me to go to concerts. It's you you interact with strangers in a way at concerts you don't do anywhere else. You dance like a fucking idiot with each other with total strangers. Exactly. It's the one place that you feel comfortable with strangers, you know, because you have this commonality, this one commonality for this one moment. And you can kind of like take it out. It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your. Yeah. No, it's what, well, it's, it's, it, I feel like it was it's like what I was told church was supposed to be, but never was for me. Yeah. yeah. It's like that's we're all coming here. And we're going to worship or whatever sure yeah. yeah and the only thing we're talking about is is this one thing tonight we don't have to talk about any of the other differences that we might have with the people standing around right. us you know it's very unifying yeah all the differences just disappear it was uh interesting that i i feel like the the artists feel that too because i was uh what looking at youtube videos to try to find one to embed, and uh, I don't think if you didn't listen to the last episode, Jerry, you wouldn't know this, but I uh, found a live version to put in at the end for that last oh, Wolf Owl song. It's a little rough, but it gives you the it gives you the idea of like how epic that song is. Um, but at the beginning of the video, uh, the bassist or guitarist next to her was like, uh, "Why don't you guys watch with your eyes and not your phones?" Uh, this time kind of a thing like engage us this is a thing that we should all be engaging put your phones down and let's engage eye to eye yeah that's that's something that bothers me when like everyone is like filming every last second of a concert on their phone it's just like just just be here enjoy the moment like it's this is not going to be as cool when it's on your instagram feed or whatever as it is right now Exactly. I always try to hold my phone out to the side too, if I'm if I yeah. want to catch something, so I can I still look with my eyes. Well, and and like now I'm like contractually obligated by this podcast to take concert pictures, but I I try I still try to keep it to a minimum. Yeah, just get a couple of moments, but get a couple. Be engrossed from it in there. Yeah, but yeah, it was an interesting concept. Um, I like that. So. I before we go, Bonnaroo. I, yeah, I hadn't seen, <laughs> I haven't seen Jeff in a long time. But what have I, what have my 
fondest memories is all of us being at Bonnaroo together, which was a wild, wild fucking time, as you would expect. Paint paint a picture of this 2006 or 7 adventure. It was 2007, summer of 2007. Um, I'm sure it was. <laughs> was that for your first festival for you guys? That was my second, because I went to the Bonnaroo two years before that. That was definitely not my first festival. It wasn't your first festival? Like probably like my third or fourth. Yeah, I, that was only my second festival. Is that your first festival, Jer? Yes. It's festival environment. That was that was my first festival. I was an, I was an innocent 20-year-old at the time. And, well, the other picture that you need to paint is that in July, in June or July, Manchester, Tennessee is hot as fuck. Yes. Like, it is beyond hot. Like, I don't really understand if we have any... Um, listeners in like UK or anything like that and you're thinking of Manchester oh they named it after Manchester it might be like the same thing dude no no it this is, is swampy the, hill like the surface of... this is this is where like the kings of Leon like were born like literally yeah. like that year <laughs> like maybe that year or the year before one you of just those sweat all the time it's just all the time sweat yeah anyways Jer, Jer prime it get it set up okay so we we arrived at the festival. I I think I don't know, like a few hours before you did, Jeff. All I remember is we had our like campsite set up, and you like wandered arrived. in later, um, looking like very confident. I think you were somehow already drunk. I don't know how that's possible because I think you had. How did you get there? Did you fly in? What happened? You came there? with somebody else, right? Oh, okay. My sister, I think. Yeah. But anyway. I think I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> I just fucking walked in. <laughs> just... Yeah, I think you already had your shirt off when you rolled into camp. <laughs> it's remember... hot. It's fucking hot. Tits out. I yeah, tits out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember um, me and... Like so we ten had... sets of beads on his around his neck already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, Jeremy, do this the thing. The super just... drunk guys, they mistook him. Make sure that you set this up just right. It's a very bare chest. <laughs> I yeah, still sm- do. Very smooth. Very smooth. Um, but uh, <laughs> with a, there were two Pauls with us, right? We had two Pauls. Yeah. Yeah. I, big Paul, which I liked. Big, big Paul, and then other Paul, who's well, just, other Paul. <laughs> of course, there's other Paul. Alternative Paul, who is so fucking <laughs> weird, but yes. The the thing I remember He's in a band best, now, by the way, it's, I think it's called the long arm. The the my inaptitude of taking it easy on little Paul. Well, so <laughs> um, so we, me and Big Paul, decided we're like we're gonna go buy some mushrooms. We're gonna like leave camp and go find some mushrooms, and we. <laughs> We're about to leave, and then some dude waltzes in with a Lay's potato chip bag full of mushrooms for sale. Oh, do you remember this potato chip guy? Yeah, yeah. There's that. That is a large amount of mushrooms that is hard to pass up. Exactly. So we didn't venture. We bought them, but uh, weird Paul that you were just verbally abusing all weekend, which was fucking hilarious because he deserved it. Um, He was the uh, he, I, really, I feel like he deserved it. Uh, maybe, um, <laughs> but he—it's fine. You have to latch on to somebody. Well, but he in, instantly—he was—he he was my—he was my 
I found him, and I decided that's where I was going. That's the horse he's going to ride. He found the one person weaker than him. And yeah, and this, and up. he also happened to just self-declare himself as the mushroom guru. And it was the first time I had done mushrooms, and the first time Big Paul had done mushrooms. That's and why I'm not mistaken, Jeff, the first time you had done mushrooms. mushrooms, right? Yeah, it wasn't the first, but oh, okay. He, but but yeah, he did do a whole kind of speech about but mushrooms. He was very Knowledgeable, like on a botanical level. Mushroom, you know, dominance. Yeah. Expertise. It was like a botanical, like scientific kind of rendering of it. It's like, dude, we just want to kind of see some fucking yeah, shapes like, and shit. Like, yes, they taste like yeah. poop. Yeah, no. He, fa- he fancied himself as some sort of like guru. But the, but the crux of this is when Paul declared himself our mushroom guru and fashioned himself a cape out of a blanket. And that's where I turned myself on. That was it. That was it for you. <laughs> you gave him so much abuse about wearing that blanket as a cape. It was so fucking funny. I'm sorry for being immature. I enjoyed it. It's okay. Are you talking about I it right now? <laughs> well, I will never be immature until you want me to be again. <laughs> I always want you to, Jeff. That's my only experience with you. Yeah, I'm that guy. You're that guy to me. That's the only way you exist to me. Like, I know you're a doctor. Like, you have your shit together and all that. But my only experience with you is just being fucking off the rails. Chunk of Jeff, yeah. Yeah. Off the rails. There's no on the rails Jeff for Jer. Right. That does not exist. For for a few people, that is who I am. (laughs) Well, that's good. Kind of Jekyll and Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. we're, We're with Mr. Hyde right now. Well, um, Jeff, you don't ever need to be anything else with me. It's okay. That's what I, I like want. Being, I like being fucked up with you. <laughs> we do. Even over the phone, it's really delightful. I know. I can picture being with you and those times of mind's we, the, eye. I don't like where this is want, going. Apparently, I'm supposed to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, are, you, are we wrapping this up, Nate? What's happening here? No, no, we don't have to wrap it up. He, he's just uh, <laughs> going off the rails, exactly what we're talking about. I think that does it for us this time. On Mass Seduction, Clark is at her most fearless. The new tricks she's trying present the biggest stylistic leap she's taken since ditching the diligent orchestral arrangements of actor for the grayscale depressed intimacy of Strange Mercy. On mass seduction, Clark remains as unpredictable as ever. Yet one thing remains constant. Andy Clark has proven incapable of writing anything less than a knockout pop song. Tell us what you think of the album on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. The links will be in the show notes. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Special thanks to Canadian Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. From Canada. Oh, bye. That's right. I was going to say bye. Jeff Chamberlain. Bye. Give us a few bars of Bob Cajun. Boom, 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 boom. Bob Cajun. Fuck you, Jeff Chamberlain. Oh, that's why. That's why you love the song so much. They they reference you directly.